Welcome back to the Blunt Letters podcast. I am your host, Michaela Superstar, and I'm joined by my best friend, Electric. Yo, yo, yo. Not her real name. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, my name is not really Michaela Superstar, but that's only half the story. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, half that name is my name. You can call me Fart Knocker Magooch. If you see me on the streets tonight, we if have. <laughs> if you see me on the street, <laughs> if you see me on the streets, fart knocker Magooch to you, dude. I hope to all the gods in the pantheon. Is that the right word? Yeah. That um, fucking someone calls me fart knocker Magooch when I'm in public now. <laughs> dude, that'd be so I, freaking cool. I would totally real fans. be like, I know what you're referencing. BL season two, episode twenty eight. <laughs> Politis and portals. portals. That's what we're talking about today. Politis, portals, prey, predators, pobias. I lost track of the pee things. <laughs> but there's a lot of pee stuff. We talk a lot of pee stuff all the time. Pee, pee, pee. Yeah. Penises, poops. Parties. Mm, a lot of parties. Popcorn. <laughs> Okay, we gotta stop. This is the dumbest fucking pod- <laughs> podcast ever. Yeah. <laughs> Pot smoking podcast. Beep boop. I got a stoner moment to tell. All right, go for it. Let's do it. All right. One, two, three, go. So it's been a while, but I lost my mind a little bit. I went through a bunch of old boxes of crap that I had been storing at my parents' house yesterday. And mm-hmm. in it, I found, like, a $150 coffee pot that I won. What? Yeah. Where? At our job at the cafe together, I won the coffee Which one? The one in, the, in Berkeley. The big one? The one where the we The richest met. one in the world? Right. Yeah? Yeah. Wow. They gave me a free coffee pot for selling the most coffee pots. <laughs> <laughs> so, I still had it in a box, and I was like cool 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 i have a coffee pot now i love drinking coffee yeah 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 yeah. like an automatic coffee maker like it's already making the coffee by the time you wake up is it whispering sweet nothings in your ear as you drink it i hope so i haven't tried it yet it has to be washed thoroughly ah run some vinegar through it yeah totally so La-di-da, I also put together a bunch of boxes to donate to... A th- La-di-da-di, you like some coffee. <laughs> and um, my mom was like, uh, well, sometimes they're closed, but I just put them, like, in the back of the store, and it, nobody got me in trouble. And I was like, who's going to get you in trouble? I was like... Our the pa- box police? I know. I was like, what do you mean? Like, I don't... I'm amazed by how scared our parents generation and older are of authority figures it's amazing i'm like wow they really did a number on you huh you think someone's watching the boxes huh this is why everyone should have to work six months of retail and six months in food service you will know that you can walk off with 16 that's right that's probably why she knows then yeah you can just walk off with whatever oh wait no you she should know i'm so confused She's worked retail. She knows no one's watching the boxes. Was your mom a weird Karen that was watching the boxes at her job? No, she definitely worked at the cashier. So, yeah, it's like you can kind of just like, like no one's really watching a lot of the time. I hate to tell, I hate love to tell everyone this. If you act like you know what you're doing, most people and 90% of the employees that get paid almost nothing and hate their jobs will not stop you. Yeah, I don't think my mom would have even noticed. Or she'd be like, I would think that they're supposed to take things. I don't know what the fuck. That's how most people think. Yeah. Use it for your advantage. So there I am dropping off boxes to what is essentially the dumpster behind the thrift store. And I was like, Mm -hmm. this does not seem like the donation center. But okay. And then I go home. I unpack a bunch of stuff. It's really late. It's been, like, hella hot while I was unpacking, like, 10 boxes of crap and repackaging them and lifting them into my car and driving them to donation places. And my back's been fucked up, too. So 
I get home. I can't find the coffee pot. I was like, I knew I brought it. You did not donate it, did you? I called my mom. I was like, did I leave the coffee pot there? She's like, no. Oh, my gosh. I'm so oh. sorry that you, lo- you lost it or you left it in the donation box. And I was like, no. this coffee pot is too important to me to just leave. So I drove to Fremont and I got the coffee pot. Actually, out of the dumpster? It wasn't there. So I actually didn't get the coffee pot because it had already been gone through and the box was almost empty so in a way i was actually really stoked because i learned that those donations are actually being gone through by the people in the community and that they are going to places where they can be used so that's cool so wait you did not so you did not find your coffee maker because someone got it and was like score what the fuck no because this is a stoner moment so i went home okay okay I looked on the counter behind me when I was, like, freaking out about not having it. And the coffee pot was sitting on the counter behind me. What gremlins? Mandela effect. Stoner. Stoner moment. So I was there the whole time you drove all the way to fucking Fremont. To a dumpster. I don't blame you. It was a nice coffee pot. I don't blame you. I just said that. I don't blame you. Because I could... I could absolutely see it. I just put, um, I just gave away a bunch of stuff to you because I'm moving and I had the same thoughts where I was like, did I donate something I did not want to do? Did I throw away some trash in the donate too? Because it's, you know, I had to drive my trash down to the dumpster and I was in a frenzy doing a lot of it at once. So I understand. I understand how you could totally have done that. I thought this was a sad story. I'm glad it's a good one. Nope. You lost sight of the headline (laughs) because I was just a It still would have been a stoner moment if you donated something you wanted. That still would have been a stoner moment. Yeah, I guess so. A. Exhibit A. I brought a bunch of shit to a donation bin with stuff I wanted and donated everything. That in itself is a stoner moment. Yeah. I was just... But you took it... This is a level up stoner <laughs> moment where you then like drove and then figured it out it's almost like a double yeah it's a twofer i drove like 20 minutes to go see if it was still there i felt like that was like worth my time but damn i should have just turned around <laughs> like jesus gotten a second opinion yeah. hey pee pee for short get over here do you see a coffee maker in the <laughs> tiny kitchen it's, <laughs> it's so, so small, small too it's so it's like th- it's like two small, it's like a bathroom just stretched out. That's how big your kitchen yeah. is. It's like not even. Yeah, it's totally the size of the bathroom for sure. <laughs> you couldn't find a coffee maker. Nope. Uh, the stoner moments. Well, anyway, congratulations on that super fancy coffee maker. Thank you. I can't wait to come over and drink yeah. it. I've been drinking a little coffee here and there. Good. I'm happy to hear that. It's been weird that you haven't been drinking coffee tell me about it i hardly had any good coffee when i was out there which is surprising but i didn't want to ruin my vacation yeah 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 and then the co- Ugh, let's not even get into the coffee but yeah i'm glad to hear it miss that shit <clears throat> okay so that was hilarious what else is going on oh you know what 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 are you drinking whoa glad you should ask speaking speaking of stoning moments stoning moments stoner moments please don't stone people <laughs> don't stone anyone. that's some that's some old early christian shit don't do that yeah don't you know what i just heard a story about it in ancient greece also the story of orpheus and euripides or all right well they all, everyone used to do it back yeah, then every, i guess people still do it i don't know i don't want to talk about that anyway this is comedy podcast so today i'm drinking <laughs> <laughs> What I'm calling a cherry grog because it's grog with cherry seltzer in it. I almost went cherry tonight. I almost went cherry tonight. Yeah, it's like... Beep boop, beep boop. All right, tell me. Rum, Mm -hmm. simple syrup, one ounce of simple Mm -hmm. syrup, and one ounce of lime. Come on. And then I was like, this isn't hardly a drink. I shook it up with ice, and I was like, this isn't hardly a drink. So then I was like, I'm going to add some cherry seltzer to it because I like a tall drink. Yeah, that sounds great. That's so funny because I did lime and simple syrup tonight. I had three different fruits to choose. I actually had six. 
I have like six different fruits to choose from tonight because I'm fucking rich. I was going to say fruit rich. I'm a wealthy lady. But I chose, I didn't choose cherry. And I had cherries. I have fresh cherries. But you know me with cherries and liquor. It tastes like cough syrup sometimes. So I was like, Even fresh cherries? Yeah, I don't know, man. And I love maraschino (laughs) cherries, but it's like, ay, 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 ay. So, and then it was already strawberry-flavored gin that I got, so... Oh, did you, you know, get Indago? I've been drinking the Indago. Yeah, because you made me want it so bad because you couldn't find it. I still can't. Well, I do. Said I'd been drinking it. Oh, um, man. So, I'm, so, anyway. I'm jealous. I made... So, since I used the Indago, I named my drink, and I don't know if I'm really allowed to say this, but I called it the gin fizzle my pizzle. <laughs> What's pizzle? Well, you know, I, I like um, I like a lot of music that uses the N-word, but I don't say it. And I don't want people to think I'm saying it, so I say pickle. Oh. So, because you can tell I'm not, I'm clearly saying P. Sure. Like a K. K-, K- Maybe pickle, but it's got the same feel and the rhythm to it, so you can still sing along. So I've been saying pickle a lot, you know. Yeah. So I figured that pizzle would be what you would make pickle. <laughs> and he used to say like fizzle my. I got it. Insert here pickle. Pickle. So I thought I would call it the. And the gin fizz, and it's a gin fizz. So what I found out was what I wanted to make already existed, as obviously, because I'm not like some like cocktail moxologist from the future. I just was like, <laughs> what can I make with what I have? And apparently, a gin fizz is like um, prosecco and gin, and is like a thing, which I was like, perfect. And it's called a gin fizz. And since I was using Indago, I called it the gin fizz on my pizzle. You can I sue me or yell at me, but it's at least called the gin fizzle because that's funny. Um, <laughs> so it's a strawberry gin with lime juice, simple syrup, and prosecco. Yum! Oh my god, I did not expect this drink to taste this good. It's kind of <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I know. I'm a little. We'll see how bad the hangover is. Because the thing is, I like Prosecco. I like champagne. It gives me a terrible hangover yeah. like everyone else in the world. Yeah. Um, so let's see how this goes. But as far as taste-wise, holy shit. I put it over ice because I did need to, like, make it a little bigger. Uh, but I made a TikTok for it and Oh man, you can see the look on my face where I'm like, this is the shit. Like, it's honestly, I was like, this is dumb. I haven't had this drink yet. Dang. It's really fucking good. It's really, really good. Sounds fresh. It's very, you know, it almost seems, it has like a cucumber, it has like the phantom cucumber kind of feel to it. Like, like there's almost like a cucumber taste. uh, And I feel like I want to, I want to throw a cucumber in there somewhere. Maybe like some cucumber juice next time with some of the strawberry and the lime and the prosecco and just make a punch. Oh, that would be a great punch. Mm. That would be a great party punch. Bonus. Man. I just never thought to put gin and prosecco together until I was left on a Sunday where the shit closes at like six o'clock and it was 530 and I'd been researching portals all day and I was like, oh shit. Um... And I had two little bottles of Prosecco just hanging out because I'm classy like that. Boop. You never know when you you never know when you might need some Prosecco. So that's what I'm drinking. Are you wondering what to get your loved ones for insert holiday? Well, nothing says I love you like a homemade gift with a personal touch. Why not get the nail clippings jar home kit and make your gift from scratch? Just use the sterilized nail clippers included in your kit and go to town on any and all available digits. Store them forever in a stunning crystal jam jar using the self-adhering label to let your special someone know just who gave them the gift of ultimate trust not to use your body parts for hexing, binding, bewitching, conjuring the dead, or taking absolute power over you using witchcraft. 
Comes in three sizes for all occasions. Can be used for hair, teeth, and other treasured keepsakes, too. Surprise the shit out of your favorite people this year with the gift of Nail Clipping Jar Home Kit. From the makers of Homebrew Urine Sample Kit and Pooper. Welcome back to the Blunt Letters. We're talking irrational fears. I have irrational So, one of the things that Michaela has recently horrified me with is raw oysters. Yeah, I mean, I I like to eat them too, you know. Yeah, we both but, like them. But um, I saw that this Florida man died after eating them, and then the next, like a few days later, this other dude died from eating them raw. And I was just like, um, why is this happening? And so I looked it up and it was saying that the CDC said that the Vibrio bacteria does not make an oyster look or smell any different. Mm, that ter- that's a bad that thing. That terrified me. So like, you don't yeah. even know if it's a bad oyster. And at this place where they traced it, these Louisiana uh, oyster, harvested oysters, Traced it back to this place. They immediately, like, shut down the kitchen, inspected it. It passed with flying colors. They were like, there's nothing wrong. A bunch of people ate these oysters from the same bed that day. You just got that one fucked up oyster. Oysters that kill. And it killed you. I don't know, man. And so I read that, and I was like, holy fucking shit. And it said 80,000 people get vibriosis in the U.S. each year. Each year. Each year. Each year. So they Each year. don't die all the time? A hundred die from it. Which I know Whoa. is a slim percentage, but that's just the United States. 100 people a year. Do you want to be on the list of 100 people a year that die from eating a fucking oyster? I don't. It's a pretty big bummer. I love oysters so much. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I know there's other things that could kill you, but that's just one of those things that I cannot take a one in a bazillion chance i was just like no i'd like them you know what i really like them smoked and fried too i'll just stick to those you know it's not like i don't like them other ways Mm. yeah 26 people became infected with the i like a shrimp more yeah it's like just fuck it with vibrio so far and there's six dead out of those 26 people so far this year in 2020 there was seven deaths among 36 people became ill from Louisiana oysters. So this dude was in Pensacola. He died after contracting the bacteria from oysters bought at a market. Um, it was more, It's more common in the warm weather, so I guess it makes sense that it's like late August and this shit, shit is happening. So maybe if you eat cold oysters, Whew. that's better, right? Timely. Um, and then it was like he got flesh-eating disease. It's That's what it is. And he got a fever, abdominal pains, and then he was in the hospital for eight days, and then he had a multi-organ failure, and then uh, he had necrotizing festaceous, which is the fucking flesh-eating shit. That's what gets me. It's like, Gross. yes. It's not just like, oh, well, fall asleep. Uh. It was just like, it's your fucking flesh-eating shit. Ugh. Just to have an oyster. And you know that I told you that already freaked me out because they can, if you don't chew them enough, they can stay alive in your stomach for like a whole day because they don't need oxygen to survive. That's horrifying too. Mm-hmm. Damn, makes me sad to eat oysters now. Well, fuck it, bruh. You used to be mostly vegan and not even pescatarian. So I think at least a happy medium would be just like cook the oysters and the clam, cl- <laughs> you know, like cook them. And the clams too. Like I used to eat raw clams, but not anymore. Ah, uh, no, I like them cooked. Like when we went to Hot Pot when you were here, those shits were fucking Fuck. bomb. Yeah. I love a Hot Pot. All right. Lesson of the story is go to Hot Pot, cook your oysters, get them smoked. Don't die. I guess, yeah. Or take a chance. Roll the dice. Be that person. Tell me about it. So then I am also realized I had another irrational fear. Because I was reading about someone else's irrational fear. And it was called, it's called megalophobia. What is that? Megalophobia sounds like 
Huge phobia. You have a fear of big things. Whoa. So, like, yeah. skyscrapers or yeah. statues, like, big-ass statues? Like, or more, like, mountains and shit. Mm. Like, uh... A big-ass tree, like a sequoia or, like, a redwood tree? Like, a fear of, like, like anxiety, uh, like, giant um, structures built. Yeah, like, when I was in downtown Manhattan, I would get kind of anxious or, like, those big projects when we were in the Bronx or whatever, wherever the fuck we were in Brooklyn. I'd be, like, overwhelmed by how big everything was and how many people were there and, like, storm clouds and ocean waves. It's, like, mm. that's why I'm so scared of, like, big waves or, like, tornadoes or like storms i'm like oh is it really that i'm just scared of big things in general am i scared of heights or am i scared of being on something so tall everything looks so small or something you know what i'm saying i think it's a both and for that one because you can't be in the heights without being in the bigs yeah generally speaking unless you're in a plane but the distance to the ground is big so it's pretty wild but like i have had that like feet kind of this weird dread like say when we're like driving towards mount shasta and i see this ginormous mountain that i can't really fathom it kind of fills me with a little bit of dread or when i went and saw the grand canyon i love it but it also fills me with a Mm. deep-seated fear of something so big i was baffled by the grand canyon i just kept thinking it was fake yeah it looks really fake it looks super fake i was like is this a movie like is this but a But then I think if I was in the canyon something? looking up, I'd feel overwhelmed. I feel like I'd freak out a little bit. Didn't you go into the canyon? Not like that. Not down to, like, the Colorado River. I mean, I've been there a bunch, but I never, like, went down into the, like, looking around me and seeing this giant, ominous canyon around me. I want to no. remind... I want to remind everyone that last episode we talked about tarantulas living in the Grand Canyon and tarantula <laughs> I know, hawks. I guess I'm, I'm just scared of that place, but I love it too. I've been there a lot for being so scared of all these things. I guess I didn't know, honestly. I didn't know. I guess know. I didn't know. I knew there was tarantulas, but I didn't know there was tarantula hawks. I know, right? I didn't either. That blew my mind last episode, but... It's... I saw a Gila monster's den. I saw a fox. I saw a rattlesnake. I saw a jackrabbit. Ooh. But I never saw a scorpion or a tarantula when I was there. That's amazing. I would be scared. I've been to Arizona a lot. I like that place. You never seen a scorpion? Um, not in real life, like in the in the wild. No. Me neither. I'd be scared for sure. And I was like in the middle of the desert a lot. Yikes. You know, up by Yosemite, they have, like, bark scorpions or something. Like, they live in the bark mm, yeah. of a tree, particular what type of tree. Why do I like the woods and stuff? Anyway, um, I do love it, but I'm also scared of things like that. And I'm scared of big things. And, yeah, the, and even the redwoods, you're right, like the sequoias and stuff, they kind of, again, I'm not scared when I get scared they're going to, like, fall on me or something or they're just so over it overwhelms me a little bit and i was like do i i mean again i'm not saying like i can't function i don't really have a phobia but i'm just like whoa there's another weird fear of mine huh but i was like is that what i'm scared of Mm. like i see those pictures of people surfing in those giant waves and i'm like terrified for them i'm like what are you doing like i'm anxious i'm like oh I think Can't that's watch this. definitely the opposite reaction that is inspired in a lot of people who watch surfing and looking at the same thing. Because it's I'm like, like I'm freaking out, and this I like the ocean's gigantic, and I'm afraid of the ocean. Am I really afraid of the ocean, or just the fact that it's vast? It's the vastness that terrifies me. Space because I swim be in it. Oh, don't even get me started. People are like I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm like fuck you. You can have it. You can go to space. You can go fly around in the fucking meteor belt. I don't give a shit. I will stay right here on the fucking... I'm like the people in like the half of the Philip K. Dick books where like everyone's leaving because Earth sucks and I'm the one like Blade Runner just staying there being like, I like Earth, whatever. Yeah, this This is is where I belong. Yeah, I don't trust anything. I don't want to leave. This is my rock. It's like, no, no. I don't even want to fly in an aeroplane. I don't want to even go in a hot air balloon for funsies. Like, I don't want to leave the earth 
definitely not going up into space. <laughs> nuts. Yeah, and then I'm going to go f- on 70 meters under the water, too, and explore. No, I am not. No, 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 no. I am I'm going to keep my feet on the ground and look at skronks and birds and be like, what's up, <laughs> landlubbers? But not too close to a mountain or a skyscraper or a Ugh. tree. <sighs> Big things, man. <laughs> Sometimes they make me anxious. Yeah. I don't know. Got issues. I hear you. We all do. Next segment, we'll talk about other creepy things in the woods and dig into <sighs> David so Politis much. of Missing 411. Have you accidentally summoned an unwanted spirit with your Ouija board novelty rug? We were just playing Twister. Maybe you somehow twisted your way to a hellmouth with that spirit board themed blanket. I'm surrounded by shadow people. Well, you're in luck. Say goodbye to accidentally conjured evil with Demon Chaser, the only exorcism that comes in a handy aerosol spray. Just fill the infected area with Demon Chaser and watch those wretched souls crawl back into the depths of hell. Thanks, Demon Chaser. Make cause runny nose, mild sneezing, coughing, disorientation, and diarrhea in severe cases opens up an even bigger portal to hell and allows Asmodeus and Azazel to appear and tear out your immortal soul. Lesser demons may appear. Do not use Demon Chaser if you are currently possessed or lactating. Ask your spiritual guide about Demon Chaser today before it's too late. I'm losing my grip on reality. Welcome back to the Blunt Letters Podcast. We're going to talk to you tonight about David Politis and portals and uh, what that has uh, to do uh, with uh. the thousands of people that go missing every year in the national parks and different like localized places around the country. So, Michaela, take it away. So, I've been I've been like, you know, Obviously, as you guys know, studying the paranormal for a long time, I was told it was not going to be an option for a job as a kid. It didn't stop me from studying it, but it stopped me from like pursuing any real thing that I should have been doing like geology or physics or I don't know, something that would have solved some mystery. But instead, I just like was like, oh, I guess that's not a job. So wrong. So in my spare time. I do pursue these mysteries and what I've called this one is it's all minerals and chaos because now there's a couple things that I'm obsessed with and one of them is the David Polites uh, Missing 411 series. He's got a bunch of books and movies now and one of the reasons I'm super obsessed or both of us are is because he was like a police detective, like no nonsense, like solving murders, solving crimes, and then he retired in San Jose. I know in San Jose, right? Can you believe <laughs> I was that like, shit? What? Yeah, your neck of the woods. Yeah, so like real shit though, you know, not even like bumpkin. Like he was like a for real, like working with the FBI for like missing persons cases. Like he knows what to look for if someone goes missing. So. I trust him with a lot of this. I don't think he's just doing it to be famous because he's not even that famous. And he genuinely seems to want to help people. So he's been doing these books for a while, trying to draw these cases in. Look him up if you haven't already. We've talked about him a lot. But like, what we're concentrating on today is what we talked about in our last episode. We want a little bit of hard science behind these portals and like who's been doing that because there's definitely something going on. We talked about Skinwalker Ranch a little bit, and they've been trying to find portals there, which is in the Utah Basin. And that was really interesting. They've been finding all kinds of anomalies there. But what we're concentrating on is the David Polite stuff that he's been doing. And it's kind of crazy. Like, he did a thing called The Vanished, which we both watched a little bit of. Um, and is really, it's like one of the third things I think I've seen because I think he did Missing 411 movie and then The Hunted which we'll talk about later and then this is like another show but it's like essentially like two hours of like just this other thing and he pretty much concentrates on Mount Shasta and Mesa Verde and this really really well uh, experienced hiker went missing in Shasta like right in front of his friend's eyes and they take you there in the fucking 
documentary and they show you where the guy went missing and he's like you could walk for a fucking hour he didn't say fucking you could walk for an hour and you would not go fucking missing like in front of me like you could see where they were headed because that's how far out you could see because it was so open anyone who's been to the west coast knows that there's these vast landscapes and you really can see so far that if your friend disappeared within 20 minutes you would be like what the fuck just happened you literally just disappeared and again why would these people make that up they would make up something better if they just want to like kill off their friend and bury him in the snow or whatever and this dude was like tearing up like 19 years later like everyone involved was like these old like California outdoorsy weirdos and they're just like crying because their friend's missing like 20 years ago and it's like they're still broken up about it this wasn't like some fucked up thing they did this is like some real mystery and people who were in the search and rescue were like this is a fucking mystery and they went up there and they didn't really get a lot of weird detections they did electromagnetic field uh readings and they had one little anomaly but not anything real like shocking but it's covered in snow and stuff which is really interesting and like really hard i feel like to spend a lot of time there and do a lot of tests in shasta Mm -hmm. but sure yeah but shasta has been known for ever to be a hub of weirdness and was known before white people went and colonized it that people like didn't hang out there if they did they knew that like something was up with mount shasta like the indigenous people here like knew about Mount Shasta. Like they were like, don't go over there. It's like a special Yeah, it's like a it's a special place where weird shit happens. Only go over there for certain reasons. mm -hmm. Or not at all. Yeah. And then Mesa Verde was really similar. Like they had an Arapaho chief come and talk to them and he said there was groups of people that disappeared like singular people and then groups of people that disappeared on that same land over at Mesa Verde and that they had a ceremony asking the spirits through portals to like help them find their lost ones or to like help them like disappear or go to another like space and time Hmm. And it's like, that's fucking crazy that like people have been talking about this for thousands of years, hundreds of years, and like up until now. And then you find that this person went missing at Mesa Verde after people had just taken photographs of him. And he just simply disappeared. Where is race. Where is Mesa Verde? In Colorado. And he was just in a bunch of photos and then he just bounced? Yeah, people saw him on the trail. They were like, okay, cool. And then he just disappeared without a trace, has never been found. Like, that's the thing. David Politis has certain uh, rate, um, what am criteria. I to criteria for taking a case. And it's that every other avenue has been looked at. Like, there has been no animal attack. There's nothing else could explain it. Like, literally nothing else. And he's still finding thousands of cases like that, especially concentrated in national parks. And there's a bunch of weird stuff like they don't keep records of national park mm-hmm. disappearances and stuff like that. So then it's weird is that they did go to Mesa Verde and they brought these dudes, these rocket, like literal rocket scientists and physicists to that place. And they did... Uh, readings of emfs which were super that were anomalous and then what was crazy is they had a highly unusual time dilation that time passed differently in certain parts of the place where they think he went missing so that has something to maybe do with the gravitational pull of minerals that we touched on in the last episode maybe maybe but what they do know for sure is that there was a detectable quantifiable time space difference an anomaly near the cliff palace like time was running differently there that's like they were shocked like the fucking dudes were like what the fuck Mm. and i think even if that was played up for tv it's like that's still kind of weird you know it's like what is that then so, yeah, that sent me into this. And then they did this whole thing where they talked to this one physicist from, like, Madison College, this dude, Brandenburg, who studies wormholes, and which, you know, is what I kind of think portals are, just like wormholes, right? And he was saying that in 1935, Rosen and Einstein 
had this theory, the Rosen-Einstein bridge, which is what we call wormholes, which is that, you know, that there's multiple dimensions, right? And that they're pretty close together, which we've all, it's like, we've heard multiple geniuses talk about how close parallel and universes or other dimensions are to us, right? They're like, it's incredibly close. And the membrane theory speculated that we are separated from other dimensions by a membrane and that a wormhole is a transit through this dimension so that you could actually go dimension through dimension through a wormhole. So it's not even that outrageous. It's not paranormal. It's not fucking Jesus making a fucking gateway from heaven. It's like actual theoretical science that there are already these wormholes happening through the membranes of different dimensions. So wouldn't that explain almost fucking everything that we can't explain like ghosts and UFOs and Bigfoots and chupacabras and vampires and fucking anything, anything weird, fairies, gnomes, vampires, what have you being in another time when you didn't mean to be there, seeing fucking ghosts, seeing fucking your grandpa, from you know like who's dead it's just like you it's like any of these things could be explained if there's different dimensions right which we pretty Mm. sure are so this theoretical science brings us to well we definitely know there are multiple dimensions right yeah right so how is there some way they can connect it seems likely right and then what's really weird is that there's quartz at both places. At Mesa Verde. And at Shasta. And upon further fucking small amounts of research, only about two days worth of research, looking at where there's a large amount of deposits of quartz in the United States and where there's a lot of like seismic activity which will ignite quartz to be piezoelectric. So, so here's the thing. Quartz is more prone to EMF anomalies, um, electromagnetic anomalies, sorry. Electromagnetic field anomalies, which may be predisposed for portals because it has essentially a geophysical electric or magnetic environment that will create these things because it's piezoelectric, right? It responds to geological stress by creating electromagnetic waves. So even if there's little, these little tiny stresses in the stone that don't even cause an earthquake, it can actually release electromagnetic waves and theoretically bend space time. I mean, theoretically, like this is all theories. I'm not saying this is real hard science, but these are the hard science behind portals. This is the hard science I'm finding. And is it so outrageous to think that these random occurrences, these hauntings, these fucking disappearances aren't as random as where quartz and limestone are being found, resonating, making energy. It's so random. It kind of makes fucking sense. It's like, no, you're not special. No, you're not this or that. You're just in this weird spot when a little tiny earthquake happens around some limestone or fucking quartz. That's That would make so much sense in a weird, random science will fuck you over in the end kind of way so let me go back to one thing you said about the quartz because of seismic activity giving off this electromagnetic field and space-time being defined by certain forces of energy black holes those are all theoretical too like black holes and portals and time or wormholes, I mean, are all theoretical. Like, physics is not saying that they are a real thing yet either. Right. So, therefore, this is all within the same realm. Exactly. So, it's like, if these occur in space because a certain gathering of minerals and gases and energies all happen to get in one place for some reason, then why would that not also occur when seismic shifts are causing other minerals and potentially gases to commingle and it would happen in a much smaller way right like it wouldn't necessarily be as it could just open up and close without anyone knowing most of the time but it could also open up and close with someone being there because just that's how the fucking world is and so i read this one paper which again could have just been a lighthearted like research paper using geological information 
um, to analyze relationships to explore paranormal occurrences in the continental United States. And it's pretty fun. It's a good read. We'll put it in the, it's uh, by this person named Lindsay Danielson. Again, it seems like somewhat lighthearted, but also really serious and like did show some correlations that they didn't conclude actually made real science, hard science theory. But it did show that there was limestone and a lot of quartz in these places that were considered haunted, but also that correlated with the maps that I saw where people were going missing. And I just find that really fascinating coincidence. From David Politis. It's like, oh my God, just avoid the quartz. Oh my gosh. And like witches love it. They say it's all powerful. It's cleansing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, holy shit. Quartz is some shit. I don't know. And limestone covered the fucking pyramids. Like, go, go, go. Mmm. I was like spiraling. I was spiraling in a crazy fucking conspiracy, paranormal nuts. I was like, oh my God, it's all coming together or something. Like, Tell me more about limestone in the pyramids because I didn't know about that. It, they were used to be coated in limestone. So they're bright white and like shone from like a million miles away and really beautiful. But in this, um, so there's this thing called stone tape theory, which is popular among paranormal investigators. And theory suggests that limestone quartz or magnetite deposits can store information such as historical events. And when the information is released, a residual haunting can occur. So like that's kind of the idea is that maybe these things are being stored in the limestone, in the quartz. Information can be there because it has this thermodynamic characteristic. So... Like paranormal investigators suggest paranormal activity can alter magnetic fields while others think activity uses energy from an area of high magnetic field to manifest. So it, there's, there's so much about magnetism, energy, uh, electricity that is trying to break into this other realm that it just seems to me that if there are certain things conducive to these certain circumstances that it could happen as randomly as a lightning strike like portals literally could just be opening up as as absolutely randomly as lightning strikes on the earth as as what you know as anything else and why not why would they make sense they're a natural occurrence right so it's like it's really interesting that limestone just might be one of these things and why and a lot of people talk about the the pyramids being a portal being a stargate well then why was it covered in limestone you know one thing that you said that stuck out to me was that portals are a natural occurrence these wormholes are a natural occurrence so I mean, that aren't means... they? Theoretically, they are. They're Again, they're not an act of God. They're not saying Zeus is opening up his butthole and you can ride through it to the next <laughs> fucking... Right. These are things that just this occur in space. Yeah. Right. This is natural Whatever sciences. Yeah. This is yeah. unexplained natural scientists. Like I, we've talked about with... I think that... I, I, I gotta look... I, I gotta look up what she calls it, but it's... I don't like the paranormal as I think it's fun to say or say I'm a paranormal investigator, but really it is just unexplained earth science. Mm-hmm. Linda Moulton Howe, that's who, you know, she's really on the forefront of that crusade to stop calling it paranormal and just be like, it's just shit we don't understand that's absolutely just earth science, you know? All sure. of it. And so I love the unexplained. Um, it's my jam. But I want to get to the bottom of it. Like, I would love to be the person to be like, it's fucking quartz, you know, or whatever the fuck. Like, how could I figure that out? I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but I love talking about it. Um, it's fucking quartz in a lab quote. Lab quote. I'll quote. This, but there's like, again, I'll, we will link a bunch of the articles. I They're really fascinating. And again, obviously, they're not conclusive, but it's really interesting to be like, oh, Results suggested most suitable locations are located in New England area and along the Appalachian Mountains, the north and south regions of the Rocky Mountains, as well as the West Coast. Like, that's crazy that this person did this whole, like, geological study and said that the most suitable locations for these fucked up things happening is where the fucked up things are happening. And, like, that's an interesting correlation, which is all we can go on with science until we can prove it. Results indicate that haunted locations were more common within suitable proximity to faults and uh, lithology containing quartz. 26%. So that's not a negligible amount. No. No. 
and haunted as in strange anomalous behavior. People saying it's haunted. Yeah. Limestone had the highest positive correlation with the haunted location by serial classification. The probability value indicates that the correlation was highly significant. The results also suggest a significant correlation between uh, localized areas of quartz deposits and haunted locations. The other criteria did not correlate to the haunted location by serial classification, nor were they statistically significant. So, again, it's not saying, you know, correlation does not represent causation. Okay, but when you start looking at all these different things put together, it starts to paint a picture that's pretty interesting. Like I said, links in the show notes, we will show you the different maps over, you know, you can overlay them yourself, but you'll just see the same patterns we saw where it's just like, wow, that's pretty wild that like where there's quartz and limestone, where there's hauntings, where there's disappearances all seem to be in the same areas. Seismic activities as well. Yeah. And flowing water. It reminds me of this thing that I learned when I was a kid because I grew up in California. So they tell you all about the gold rush and they were like, oh, there are certain minerals that appear in areas together, which would indicate that there's also gold nearby. Yeah. Like pyrite and iron and stuff. And they were like, if they found all these minerals together. (laughs) Yeah. It's likely that there's actual gold nearby. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's what that made me think of in terms of like if these circumstances come together, some result will occur, you know, or is more likely to occur. And I'm not saying that like there's other physicists who te- who are professors of teaching <laughs> shit at colleges like scholars. I'm not just making it up. It's like other people much smarter than me who study wormholes are like this is an absolute possibility. And what the how it's like what how else do you explain all these people just in their right mind who have been fucking hiking their whole life who just watch their friend disappear without a trace. Yeah, that's bizarre. And then no one believes them. And everyone looks for them, but they're just like, oh, well, it would drive you. It would drive me nuts. That was like last summer. Remember that guy went missing? Yeah. But at least they found him. He was found. Yeah, he was found. But what if they never, ever found a trace of him? It's like, that's just so rare. Mm -hmm. But it still happens all a lot enough. And again, if you ask me, random little fucking time slips happening makes perfect sense. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's something to think about when you're in these places. I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go back to the Grand Canyon now. I don't want zip to. Zip zap. Zip zap. I'm gone. We all know how easy it is to tear a hole in the space-time continuum. Oh, oops. Honey, not again. Yeah, Avia. All the whales are gone. The whales? No. Has this ever happened to you? Have you Peter Parkered a whole multiverse of problems into existence? I made casual sharding a thing. I brought about a reality where overalls are sexy as fuck. I accidentally opened a wormhole to an event horizon that's slowly sucking our entire galaxy into a black hole. Don't any of you worry because we here at Fopocalypse Enterprises have a solution. Oh, thank God. We've created many apocalypses that you can detonate in your fucked up timeline that will destroy all you have done and turn the nightmare you created into a thing of the past. Whatever the hell that means. That's great. So we all just jump back to normal, right? Well, it depends on your definition of normal. And you. Wait, what? We here at Fopocalypse Enterprises know how hard it is to accept what you've done and would do anything to make it right. That's why we use... Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean anything? Anything? Using our patented tiny particle accelerator, you create a teeny-weeny implosion that collapses reality as you know it, merging you with the closest parallel universe. Chip-chap. So we all die? Wait, we all die. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, okay, good. Yeah, good. Mm, not exactly what... Uh, what is dying, really? What? Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. 
The important thing is that the multiverse is balanced once again, and nobody will shart at my next birthday party without immense amounts of shame. Yeah, this reality does suck shit. Buy your faux-pocalypse today and save countless people horrible suffering that you brought upon the planet. It's just, it's just overalls. <laughs> faux-pocalypse Enterprises is a subsidiary of Phonies Incorporated, makers of the Faux-pology and the faux Apocalypse Enterprises is not responsible for accidental detonation at the wrong time, creating an even more mindfuck mega mess. Should not be used if your reality currently includes unicorns, insects larger than the average toddler, or Jesus' evil twin, Jerry. May leave a rash or rebirth mark from where you had alternate facial hair, mustard stains, or where something was being inserted at the time of detonation. Detonation should not be initiated if you are currently possessed or lactating. Call us today before it's too late. Or too early. Time is weird. Apocalypse! 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 Fuck you. Welcome back to the Blunt Letters. Back to David Politis and his documentaries, I also watched one, Hunted, which focused not on hikers, but on hunters of national parks and, you know, the places where you're legally allowed to hunt in the United States, which are these big open places and reserves. Or just even people, their own property, just vast parts of the wilderness. Right. And there was a bunch of stories that were very similar to the hiker stories where it was like there was no way for them to have really gone missing. Like there was no way for them to have been found so far away from their original location because they had mobility issues. Like they were yeah, that's not right. able to move. Like sometimes it wasn't hikers. It was just like these people who were like hunters, but they live nearby a hunting place. Like, one of the guys was disabled, but he used to be a hunter, and then he still lived near the hunting location, and then he, like, went on a walk that was far too long for him to have made it. They were like, this guy couldn't walk this far in this kind of terrain, and stuff like that. But the story that stood out to me the most was a story that was about a woman who was hunting on her own land. And she was in like a hunter's blind, which as I gather is kind of like a net that you put up in a tree so that the your body is camouflaged with the tree and the animals don't get scared when you try to mur- murder them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this lady is up in this tree chilling, waiting, and she sees this blur in the tree, like a pixelated clear blur. Like fucking predator. Like Predator, which I've never seen because I'm too scared, but that's what they say it looks like. You know the reference. Yes. It's like you can't see what it is. It's all clear. Invisibility cloak. Invisibility cloak. Yeah. Harry Potter does it too. So scary. So scary. So she sees this in the tree and she's like, WTF, passes out and goes home. She's like, I got really like disoriented, tried to take pictures of it. Doesn't remember taking pictures of it. Oh, right, 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 right. So she goes home, and there's people over at her house, and she's talking to them, etc. And they're saying that there was some kind of bright light that shone over the football field at the high school near their house. And I lived near a high school recently within a mile, and you can definitely hear, like, the marching band, the games, like, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, like, Mm -hmm. you know you're near a school, and there's going to be a lot of people gathering to watch some sports. And so there had been all these sightings of lights in the sky and, like, a UFO sighting, like, that day. And then as she's hearing this story, she's, like, remembering what happened and is telling her husband and then they look on her he looks on her phone and she was taking photos of herself like in the tree like haha I'm, I'm hunting look at me I'm cute and like sending it to her husband then there's one that was like a blur and it was taken in the dimensions that were like not possible for the format of the camera yeah so like on an iPhone 
there is like a square there's a panorama there's like these different you know settings you can choose to film or take a photo at and like the settings that were chosen on this particular picture didn't exist as a preset so it would have had to been programmed in there as a customization which like that's not something most people do while they're in trees and it was just like kind of a blurry fucked up picture then there was pictures after that that were just normal again and they were like what the fuck is that about so this lady and her husband think that she ran into saw brushed up against basically some kind of like entity where was this again I forgot where it was. I'll put it in the show notes. But it was like northeast, you know. Again, a hot spot. A hot spot. Yeah. Hot spot. So that's just one weird type of thing. Yeah, it was freaking me out because then it was like, didn't she have some blurry ass photos of it though? It was just one blurry ass photo that was like in a different resolution than all the other photos and like really couldn't even tell what it is so crazy it was like a a static and she won't go back now and she was like i won't go back now and i was like holy shit right she bought a new blind like she found another spot to post up on her own fucking land it's like damn so like yeah these kids like saw a fucking ufo they were playing band music in the football field and they said that their like instructor never stops for anything and they all stopped and watched this like giant glowing thing and at the same time this woman sees like a fucking predator and i'm like what the fuck like again it's one of those things where i'm like are they just trying to get us ready for shit that's really happening you know with these fucking hollywood movies it's like are there really predators it's like what the f so like maybe they're not hunting us necessarily but like they're hunting and that honestly scared the shit out of me more than a lot of his stories yeah definitely the the camouflage i'm like don't don't tell me i gotta be scared of that now what is that you know i don't know but it did bring us to the next part of our podcast i think which is let me tell you about this movie Let me tell you about this movie. Let me tell you about this movie. I watched Prey uh, after we were talking about the whole Predator thing. And I was like, damn, I haven't seen Prey yet. And I really want to. So, yeah, let me tell you about Prey. Seeing as I'm fucking terrified of Predator. You're right. It is too scary for you, Electric. You totally. would not be able to handle it. It's nope. fucking awesome and terrifying. Predator is as scary as Alien. That's why they have them that battle each other. Prey takes place... 300 years ago though in the 1700s and it's a comanche woman who sees the predator like she's like trying to be a hunter and they want her to be more of a gatherer medicine woman and she's really really skilled as a medicine woman which i really think is cool like because she was trained to be more of a medicine woman and take care of people she knows all that shit but then is like fucking the coolest because she also wants to fight so she knows how to fight really well but so Comanche are a California tribe, am I right? Northern California. It said the Plains. Lords of the Plains. And once were part of the Shoshone tribe in the late 1600s and early 1700s, moved from the Shoshone kinsmen onto the Northern Plains. And then the so- and then southern- southerly, I'm super drunk, in search of a new homeland, uh, migrated across the plains through Wyoming, Nebraska, Colorado, Kansas, New Mexico, Texas, Oklahoma, ultimately settled in southwest Oklahoma. The horse was a key element in the Comanche culture. Master their skills on horseback and gained a tremendous advantage in times of war. Anyway, so, no, this takes place in the Great Plains in the 1700s, which was cool. Like, you know, I love that period of time, especially in this part of the world. The chaos, the horror is just so fucking interesting to me. I know it's awful, but it's just like, man, people like get obsessed with World War II. And I'm like, you know, they killed like 100 million Native Americans, like settling America and South America. (laughs) It's like, I don't know, dude, this was pretty dramatic, too, you know, for hundreds of years. So... This was really interesting to me to see like back in the 1700s when there were still communities that at least could live 
a little bit without being encroached, but they do talk about the encroachment of the white man and how horrible it is, and that's really cool too. So it's really interesting because it's like a Western, right, which you know I love, and then it's sci-fi, which I love. So, of course, I'm fucking going to love this movie. Strong female lead. Pretty fucking awesome. And realistic enough where I'm like, okay, you know, like, yeah, like they're like most of the characters are pretty fucked. You know, this I always have this feeling about Predator and I texted it to my uh, nerd partner buddy there where I was like, yeah, just watch Prey. And I was like, Predator is a fucking cheater. I was like, he comes on this planet all with all these little gadgets and gadgets and acts like he's some ultimate hunter because he's got a million weapons. It's like, if we had the same weaponry, would you really be the fucking ultimate predator? Like, that's why I like Alien, because it's naturally spitting acid at you and has natural armor and has, like, all these things. It's like a natural fucking giant insect of death. But, like, Predator has a lot of gadgets and gadgets, and it's like, meh, fuck you, bro. And I like that this movie, like, strips him of those... Once again, like, that's how you have to kill a predator is you have to strip them of the fucking gadgets or use them against them. And I was like, that's cool that ultimately that's how this one dies, too. And it's fucking cool. It's really good and uh, sad because obviously it does take out a lot of things and people. So gross. You mean like organs? Oh, just killing people. Takes them out. You know, I thought you meant like takes out organs. Yeah, but it's a great time period piece. I love that. Like I said, I'm already a sucker for that whole time. And just shedding light on that, like it shows a lot of the shitty things that the colonizers were doing already and like killing all the buffalo and stuff like that. It's fucking gross. Fucking gross. So that was neat that it showed that. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's fucking woke. And I was like, what is wrong with you? You mean it's honest? Like, I love that people think that honesty is being woke or whatever. It's like, if that's what it is, cool. Like, it's just being truthful to what was happening. It's gotten a lot of backlash for being, like, anti-patriarchy and woke. And it's like, you mean it's historically correct where white people were terrible? What does that mean? Like, people were just killing the buffalo? That happened. Yeah. Yeah. And skinning them and just leaving the meat there and shit to, like, take their skins. Because they were getting paid for every skin they brought back. It's it's like, what do you mean woke? You know, it's like, what the fuck? That, like, someone from that time period could kill a predator? Like, that's not woke. It's fucking awesome and true. What the fuck? Yeah, creepy. Yeah, people suck. But I thought it was amazing. And I don't know, man. It was a. It was might be my favorite Predator movie. Wow, how many are there? I don't know, four hundred thousand. Wow, this is the best one. Time is time is weird. The future, the past. I don't know. Seventy. Twenty five. A candy bar. Chocolate chip. I'm bad at guesstimating, man. <laughs> Good stuff. Check it out. Do you love eating your boogers? Uh. But you are trying to stay vegan. Have you been reading my diary? Well, you're in luck. We have teamed up with Full Meat to bring you snots, plant-based snot balls that taste just like the real thing. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I like the texture. It's so sticky. I love a slimy meat substitute that goes down smooth. Just like my human boogers. I can't even tell the difference. I love the salty quality. (laughs) It really has the umami flavor of boogers. I love that there's an option for my picking proclivities. It's so much easier than sticking my finger in my nose since I barely have any fingers left. The resealable bag means I can have snots on the go. Snots here, snots there, snots, snot, even snots. Snots on your popcorn, snots on your underwear. Snots in your pocket, snots in your shirt for later. Snots in your shoes and snots in your your hair. Snots, snots, snots. The worst theme song. Do not stick snots into your nose. If you get them stuck in your nose, immediately flush out with oat milk and consult a yoga bitch. Thanks Thanks for for listening listening to the Blunt Letters Podcast. Podcast.
Check out our website at thebluntletters.com, our new home on the interwebs for all things Blunt Letters. You can find all the Blunt Letters podcast episodes, check out our blog, and buy back issues of the Blunt Letters zine. Plus, get in touch with us with any suggestions, questions, or leave us a voicemail to be featured in an episode. You can follow our daily adventures and videos on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Remember to like and subscribe. Be sure to follow us on Spotify, Anchor, Googlecast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public to stay up to date on our new episodes. Wow, that's a lot. I know, right? Bye-bye.